0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guys Without Helmets. Well, Week 12 is all said and done. A couple surprises this week, but overall, what a great, great week of football. Let's dive right in, guys. Let's talk about the Thursday night, or Thursday Thanksgiving games. We had three. Uh, Buffalo Bills and the Lions, 28-25. Buffalo didn't look like Buffalo Bills that are Super Bowl worthy. H- how do you feel about that game, Caleb? Uh, I think we've said it a few weeks now the Buffalo Bills...
1: Well, I've been saying it. it's not, they're not as good without Brian Dable. And it's, we see that in games like this where mm-hmm. the whole game you, you didn't know what was going to happen. It felt like the Lions kind of had momentum towards the first half. Josh Allen doesn't really look like the passer Josh Allen that we've known from years past. I, I wonder if it's his elbow injury or I don't know what it is. He just kind of looks not all there. He's not really hitting Stephon Diggs as much as I thought. I think it was two weeks ago there, that debacle him on the sideline, not getting a target in the first half. So, Just some weird stuff happening. The Bills don't look great, but they're still winning games.
2: Yeah, and we saw, I think it was the whole first half, basically, Stephon Diggs didn't even have a catch. Then he uh, notably got the touchdown right there at the end before the half, I believe. Uh, It was just, the Lions stuck around for too long. I mean, the running game wasn't really successful in this game. We know Jamal Williams had an early score, but beyond that, he didn't have a ton of yards. And we had a DeAndre Swift red zone touchdown also called back as well. They weren't getting yards on the ground at all. And uh, I think there's really a question for this game and maybe the decision that went into it at the end where basically they had an end-around to Amon Ra that worked on a third or fourth down short yardage, and they got that opportunity once again on the last play of their uh, offensive drive. And uh, they basically chucked it down the field when they only needed one yard. So we saw the short yardage consistently working for them. Uh, No big plays, obviously, but they went for the big play at the end, which is kind of in question for how they lost – Probably the reason they lost this game. Yeah,
0: yeah. for me, I just – and I talked to a, a Bills fan about this. For a team that has supposedly taken the leap, they have seemed to have kind of stalled for me. And I agree, Dables must be a big factor for them. But, yeah, Josh Allen doesn't look the same. And more importantly, I think I think everyone's sleeping on the Lions. They're not a dumpster fire anymore. No, they don't know how to win, but they know how to take you to the brink. Um, a game that I don't think was as close as the score reflects, Cowboys beat uh, the New York Giants 28-21. Uh, C.D. really did a great job at solidifying himself as a top pass catcher in this game, wouldn't you say? Yeah, the the, the call that was not a touchdown where it probably was
1: a touchdown <laughs> right. back of the end zone. Really impressive catch. We see probably five or six highlight catches in this game from C.D. Finally breaking out as the receiver that he was drafted to be. The Giants, they're in a funk right now. They lost three of the last four, I believe. Not looking good. They were a playoff team a few weeks ago. They were talking about a top-ten team maybe few weeks ago, and now they're kind of falling off in the wrong direction. A lot of divisional games coming up with them. I believe there's three. They could lose all of them. As it doesn't mm. look good for them. Washington's hot. Philly's hot. Yeah. Dallas hot. It's just not looking good for the Giants right now. Dallas looking like Dallas of the week before the Minnesota game. Hopefully carrying that over to the next week. Dallas looks great. Probably a top-five team in the league. But the game, like you said, was closer than it should be because they're the garbage time scores at the end.
2: Yeah, and this is the only game the Giants have lost scoring 20 or more points this season. Uh, Dallas just was too dominant of a defense in this game for them, uh, continuing their streak over the last two games at least. It was close, I think, for most part of the game. I think the fourth quarter obviously changed that for the Cowboys, but it was closer than the Cowboys would probably want and Cowboys fans, but the Giants' offense has got to get going again. Um, yeah, they, they will have better luck. I believe they have... The same bye week as Washington, but they play Washington bye week Washington, I believe. Which I feel like those games could go
0: either way for either of these teams. Yeah, it's I true. feel like Washington's going to beat both. They're going to beat the Giants twice? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I feel like the Giants are going to slow down. Um, they don't really need explosive plays against Washington, really. Washington I mean, isn't an explosive offense that they have to counteract like the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And I think they get the home field advantage this time, but next week, obviously, against the Commanders in FedEx.
1: I mean, the, the biggest factor in this game was Saquon Barkley having under 40 rushing yards Washington could definitely do that to them. They could definitely keep Saquon in a bottle because once you do that, their offense kind of crumbles yeah. Yeah, apart. Yeah, and that translate
2: with the last four games that they've lost, basically Saquon not having strong performances. And then they, we saw when he was the number one, number two running back in the league for the first month, plus he was he was the reason their offense was winning. That's the reason they won the first game against the Titans. He, he clutched out a couple
0: of other games, so he certainly needs to show back up in this one. Yeah, I think in that division the challenge is we've seen two sides of Dallas. We've seen the team that can't quite close – and against Green Bay, obviously couldn't stop the run. And then we see the team that's defense is fully clicking and offense. So if they're going to have momentum, I, I think that's great for them. But if they run out of gas, we'll see the other side Yeah, of
2: we just need to see them rebound once again. We see, we see down games for every team in the mm-hmm. league right now, especially mm-hmm. last week. There's a lot of them to quote uh, with the 49ers. They only won with 13 points. The Chiefs played down to essentially a backup roster right now mm-hmm. in the Rams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just situations across the board right now where t- up – High-up teams, highly-ranked teams are playing down. As we started off with, the Bills could have potentially blown out the Lions, but they let that slip again. So I did, the Cowboys' importance here is just
0: rebounding in their next matchup. It seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kill, but it seems like all the momentum in the NFC, if there's any momentum in the NFC, is going to revolve around the NFC East uh, and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, some would argue you could throw, uh, I jokingly say, our MVP Geno in there with the Seahawks. But is it really a race? Uh, and the Bucks, Josh, you're on on record as saying you think this is the easiest year for Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think when you look at the NFC East, Tom Brady, not in the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. during regular season, owns them. He always mm-hmm. beats them. He already beat Dallas this year. <clears throat> And the NFC is pretty weak. You're playing up against Jimmy G and Geno Smith. Yeah. I mean, come on. And we're talking about, I
2: know their record might be the worst one going to the playoffs at the end of the year around with the Seahawks and two of the NFC East teams. We'll see because they play a lot of interdivision at the end of the season. But the Buccaneers... They're, they're going to be clinching a spot in the division, which means they're going to be playing a wild card game. And that right now, the quarterbacks in the wild card spots right now, you're looking at potentially Heineke, potentially Daniel Jones. We'll see how their records figured out since they're so close. But one of those two and Geno Smith. Those are the guys right now. Uh, the, they might get unlucky and play against Dallas, but you're talking about uh, three or four options that are just not good quarterbacks. And as we said, the best available team for them to play is the Dallas Cowboys. They've beaten them the last two seasons. So his he the quarterbacks that he's playing against are just not guys that we would even talk about before the season being extremely talented. I mean, Daniel Jones at one point, I think he's averaging one touchdown a game through the air. He's not really a threat to blow out this team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you're looking at Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke, all three options that he could be playing in the first round and the second round. Yeah, the crazy
0: thing is the NFC East has – One, well, I guess you can call, uh, other than Dak, there's probably a few more veterans, but no superstar quarterbacks. Dak's probably as best as you get in that division with Hurts coming on. But you look at the opposite side. The AFC West was supposed to be stacked with quarterbacks, and these guys can't get wins. Chargers barely above 500. let Let's talk about the last game. Uh, New England went to the Vikings. Vikings win 33-26. What was the tale of this game? Kirk Cousins finally broke the primetime curse of him being terrible in prime time.
1: I think he had three touchdowns this game. Looked very good. Kirk Cousins throwing to his receiver, Justin Jefferson. Beautiful to see. Adam Thielen had a good game. I believe he had a touchdown in like 70 yards or something like that. But the Patriots, stay hung in there, considering the Vikings are arguably the best team in the NFC, aside from the Eagles. Patriots should Patriots fans should be happy with that. The defense showed up. I know they put up let 33 points up there, but they yeah, stuck yeah. in the game. Could have been a lot worse. Mac Jones looked pretty efficient in this game. Nelson Aguilar did really well. It was just a good game overall to watch, scoring back and forth.
2: Yeah, and I think people will bring up the controversial no-catch-catch Hunter Henry thing. Uh, People call it karma for the James, uh, what's his name? Um, Jesse Jesse James. Jesse James, James. yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that situation with the Steelers a couple years ago is relatively similar. Uh, To me, it looked like the possession was always in him. Like he hit the ground and the ball was still... We know the rule where the ball touches the ground, but you still have possession. It's still a catch. That basically happened, and he turned around, hitting his head or hitting his hand on the helmet of a Minnesota defender and dropping the ball, but right, it never right. touched the ground beyond that. So to me, that's 100% a catch looking back at it. And I don't know if you're not going to call it a touchdown. He still had possession of it at the one-yard line. So I don't know how it went completely uncalled, but obviously a deciding factor in this one-score
0: game. I mean, referees have been blowing this since Des yeah. caught that ball all those years ago. So
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're a Patriots fan, I understand why why being upset with this game. But I think the Patriots played pretty well up until the end for the most part. And, you know, despite Ramondre never really getting going on the ground with Damian Harris going out, every single week in fantasy, he's just putting up 20 points,
0: putting up 30 rushing yards because of all the catches. Yeah, a, a game I think I'm surprised by uh, is the Browns beating the Bucks 23-17. Uh, they were able to get it done at home. Very excited uh, that their quarterback that he was able to get this win beating Tom Brady. I guess is something everybody wants to say they've done, and the Browns get to do it. Well, of course, Watson comes back this week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him and our buy or sell. But what was your impression of this game, Caleb? I mean, Brissett. He used to sit under Brady for a year. He was drafted by the Patriots, so they, they know each
1: other. So it's a, a g- good game for Brissett in that sense, beating right. his old mentor, and obviously one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But The Browns this year have always been in games. I think they've been in every game other than like two or 3 brissett Brissette's been top five in completion percentage. He's been a great quarterback, great fill-in. He's a great backup. He's been playing out of his mind considering he is a backup. But the Browns are still in the hunt for a wild-card spot. I know they're two games behind some other wild-card teams, but they're still there. They're not going to win their division. Probably they need to win three and have the Ravens and Bengals lose three. But they're still vying for a wild card. They could win out and get a wild card spot with Watson, but the Browns have always been a good roster. They're well coached. They're deep. They have great running back. They're just a good team, and I think people have slept on them a little bit because they do have a backup quarterback play.
2: Yeah, and they've been in every game, as you've said. Uh, Their losses this year, they lost against the Jets by one. Uh, in a game that they likely should have won, but they uh, there was obviously that situation at the end of the fourth with the onside kick and so forth for the Jets. Uh, they lost by three to the Falcons. Uh, bad loss, but lost by three. Chargers by two. They lost two. They got blown out by the Patriots. Lost by three to the Ravens. Blown out by the Dolphins. Those are the only two real big losses for two them this season. Teams. Yeah. yeah, but they've dropped essentially thirty points or 20, 26 I think is the lowest they've scored beyond this game. And every one of their wins, they put up. 29 against the Steelers, 32 against the Bengals. We know obviously the hot streak that they're on right now. The, the Ravens really have or not the Ravens, the Browns really haven't lost bad other than the Dolphins this year.
0: Seems like that seems to be a formula for them and the Lions. Like they seem to be productive even though the Browns I think have had their share of some injuries, you know, even yeah. some of their guys out, but
2: we'll, we'll certainly see this week. I mean Deshaun Watson, he hasn't played in over a year and a half now, Mm -hmm. considering everything that's been going on, but he is back against Houston Texans this week. We'll see if their offense can really get going with him. I know a lot of people think it's probably going to be stale. He's probably going to be rusty because of how much he's missed, but more than likely after this year, it's going to be a big boost to their offense
0: couple scores to give you before we stop and talk about a big one. Um, the Bengals and Titans, Bengals win 2016. Really nothing to take away from that. Uh, Chase comes back this week. They didn't have him for this week. We were able to get the win. Uh, the Texans, again, shifting their starting quarterback out, uh, and they went with their backup against the Dolphins. Dolphins win 30-15. to 15.
2: And the Kyle Allen uh, train, I suppose, is going to be going on for quite some time. Uh, they basically confirmed that he's still going to be starting, at least this game. Uh, it sounded like they're going to be starting him even more so going forward beyond this game as well. I just don't know what they're seeing. I mean, I, I, I just could say they're tanking. I think they're tanking, even though they're already, what, two or three games behind the number two overall pick. They're clearly going down uh, with the ship with Kyle Allen. I know they love Davis Mills, but this team is just not built for anything around Davis Mills at all so far. Um, And especially with their number one receiver, Brandon Cooks, probably being off of here. He got his captain removed last week. So uh, this isn't a bright future with this team currently, so they're probably going to be moving and tanking to get uh, Bryce Young
0: or C.J. Stroud. So the story of the week, I think, was in New York where the Chicago Bears come to face the Jets in the rain, both with backup quarterbacks. Although... Uh, Zach Wilson is no longer the starter, so I can't say backup with uh, Mr. White taking over because he's going to be given the opportunity to win the starting job on a more permanent basis. So the Jets win 31-10. Uh, Caleb, what's your take of this game? Mike White's clearly the better quarterback. He has 12
1: touchdowns in four games. I believe he has over 65% completion percentage. He threw 22 of 28 in this game. I'm just This is off the top of my head. 22 of 28 in this game, 200-plus yards, three touchdowns in pouring rain yeah. against... I know a bottom five team right now sure. without their quarterback, but the receivers are loving it. Elijah Moore had 100 yards and touchdown. Garrett Wilson had two touchdowns. Completely different offense. The receivers are happy. They're getting they're getting fed. They're scoring. It was 31-10 in the rain at home. It was a great win, and their all-black uniforms look very nice.
0: They do. And not too long ago, Josh, uh, Elijah was asking to get traded out of there. What's different?
2: Yeah, and I think everyone understands what he means now. I mean, no one's going to really – shame him for what he was saying. Obviously, you probably don't want to say that when you're winning like they were, because they were winning with Zach Wilson. uh, Not because of Zach Wilson, but they were winning with Zach Wilson under center. And uh, none of the receivers were really getting production. I think the thing that really turned them changing the quarterback situation, obviously the post-game conference against the New England Patriots, but it was also... Garrett Wilson, after that game, coming out and basically saying, this offense is stale, this offense is terrible. Robert Sala trashed the offense, essentially, in a post-game press conference as well. Everyone saw what the problem was, and I'm, I'm glad they recognized and shifted over to Mike White. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect Mike White to do this every week, obviously, because that would put him in one of the top quarterbacks in the league, obviously. But they played against a terrible team. that took advantage of it, and that's not what Zach Wilson has traditionally done in his career. And uh, I think every receiver on this team is happy
0: because of that. I hate to say I told you so, but we told you guys so. I mean, Zach Wilson. It's not and, hard to figure out. Well, but everyone's been, you know, on his side and talking about, you know, again, it's all that one stupid throw he threw at Brigham Young yeah, for and his pro day. if you Fool watch, everybody.
1: if you watch college tape, mm-hmm. it you can get a good indicator.
0: No, I knew, and not only did we know he'd be terrible, but you guys knew he would be drafted higher than he should and be terrible, um, because that you know. I
1: still remember Chris Sims saying he could be better than Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Let's talk about him. We'll skip a couple and come back. Trevor Lawrence, my guy. 28-27 over Baltimore. This comes in a series of games that Baltimore has not been able to finish when they had the lead. They decide to go for it. Later, Doug Peterson, the coach of the Jaguars, said, what do we have to lose? Fourth and eight. Fourth and eight. Yeah. And I believe in NFL history, there's only been two times that a two-point conversion has won a football game on the last drive or last minute. And on Sunday, we had two games within a few minutes of each other where a two-point conversion, in fact... Won the game. Trevor, I mean, he was lightning. Perfect. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean... The Ravens, they play good for a large majority of, of the <laughs> games. I know they're they're out without, basically, their top two receivers. I know they traded Hollywood, right. and they the Rashad Bateman to be healthy, but he once again got hurt this year. And So they're playing with nobody. We're seeing DeMarcus Robinson. We saw Deshaun Jackson. We see guys that traditionally aren't starters, uh, but their losses, they've been bad losses, but they put up 38 against the Dolphins. The Dolphins, probably one of their best games in NFL history for the Dolphins, at least, or in the Dolphins history. Uh, put up 38 and lost by four in the final minute. Put up 20 against the Bills and only lost by three in the final quarter. They lost by four to the Giants. A game they probably should have won. Uh, probably the one people are talking about most for choking was that Giants game. And uh, they only put up 13 points against Carolina, and they lost by one to Jacksonville. So they've really, it's been bad beats, but they've been in every single game and within under one score. Yeah,
0: I think, Caleb, you said it best. This was the best drive we watched the tape of at the, at the end of the game of Trevor Lawrence's pro career so far.
1: I mean, yeah, he's been in the league for two years. Mm-hmm. He had a, a clown of a coach last year. He has an actual coach this year who played a quarterback position, knows what he's doing. Trevor Lawrence, you can see the clear difference in coaching and how much better he is this year. Trevor's always been this guy. We saw his whole life. He lost three games in his life mm-hmm. before he got drafted. He lost to Stephen Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. in high school at AT&T Stadium. He lost to Justin Fields, and he lost to um, –
2: Joe Burrow and that Burrow. big run.
1: He's lost three games in his life before he came here. It's a so pretty solid quarterback. He's a great
0: quarterback, highest yeah. prospect since Peyton Manning. All the praises, but you can see
1: it clearly in this game. He He's
0: yeah. great. He's also been very humble about losing because you go to Jacksonville with, as you said, a clown show of a coach. And he's taken it in stride, and he hasn't been overly prideful about this win. He's, he, he's, he does the right things, again, unlike Zach Wilson, whose press conference was miserable. Let me catch up on a couple other scores before we get into the 4 p.m. game. Uh, the Falcons go to Washington and lose 13-19. Again, no surprise there. The Taylor Heineke uh, quest keeps on and on, gritty play. Uh, the Broncos go to Carolina, a little bit of a surprise. They finally go uh, with Sam Darnold, 23-10 over Russ Wilson and the Broncos.
1: Yeah, the Broncos' bottom five team right now, you have to remember that the Seahawks do have their first. So the Seahawks are winning their division, a playoff team, have a perfect quarterback this year somehow, and a top five pick in the draft.
0: And the worse Denver does, the higher their pick goes. So Yeah, and I think Denver, they've obviously been
2: playing terrible, but uh, you look at how their team and how close the scores have been, their defense has been best in the league for sure. And I think if they if they scored over twenty points in every game, which surprisingly they haven't, they're the worst. They're scoring I think fourteen right now per game, only two scores a game. If they scored twenty, I think they would have eight wins right now, something like that. So it could be a totally different story. And uh, obviously, I think you have to look at the quarterback. You're not gonna be you're not gonna be moving on from him because of what you paid for him, and you obviously have a long term contract. I think you have to look once again. At the coaching staff, at your other contracts on the team, and see how you can work it out. Because I don't see him moving on from Russell Wilson after just one season yeah, and no. the contract that he has.
1: Well, this is more about Seattle. Okay, um, they struck gold, luckiest thing ever. Because when you see people trade their franchise quarterback in the middle of the career, never works out. You're going to see the Texans be a bottom five team for the next decade. You've seen the Colts be a whatever team since Andrew Luck retired. You've seen, well, the Patriots are. That's not fair because you have Bill Belichick. But you see all these teams <laughs> just fall off the, a cliff. Matt Ryan left, and now the Falcons are going to be a bottom tier team for five years probably. I'd, I'd say to make your point, go ahead. The Saints are another example. Mm. They got very lucky that Geno Smith is not who he was five years ago. Mm-hmm. For some reason, yeah. he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Or they saw something in him we didn't see. Probably, but yeah. usually this does not happen. You don't trade a franchise quarterback and magically are better or the same as you right. were
0: before. And to, to their credit, the only teams that have done that and gotten away with it was Colts knowing they were getting luck. They drafted luck, and they, 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 let, they let Peyton go, of course um and you talk about Brady i mean he he Mahomes he got let Smith. Smith go and then yep yeah. and um you talked about Brady leaving them getting Mac Jones i mean coach believes he has his franchise quarterback so you're right Romo Dak yeah typically they have their guy before they do this and they didn't do that but again maybe they it think worked. they have their guy
2: yeah we saw Gino i mean he was basically basically out of the league for a couple of seasons <laughs> yeah. after the whole situation in uh the jets i think i mean the jets Jets kill quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, looking at <laughs> looking at everyone they've had. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw Sam Darnold this week. We saw what he did against Russell Wilson and the number one defense in the league. They beat them. Uh, he played pretty well. But once again, uh, his career was basically over. We saw him start to climb up the backup ladder in terms of being a top backup in the NFL. He was with the Seahawks for a couple of years prior. But you're seeing what he's doing right now. Their offense is explosive. Uh, I mean, and a lot of it comes with how bad their defense is. Yeah. Their defense, I mean, they allowed 300-some yards to Josh Jacobs in this game. We know that's not very like Josh Jacobs, and it's a top 10 scrimmage yard all time for a running back. Uh, yeah, this is just a bad team, and uh, Geno Smith
0: has really been the highlight for this team. I mean, still put up 30, uh, since we didn't say it. Raiders go to Seattle win 40-30 yeah. is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but they still able to put up 30 points despite giving up 40 points. You
1: said that the Jets kill quarterbacks. I think New York kills quarterbacks. Yeah. How wow. many have there been? Joe Namath,
0: Eli Manning, Phil Simms, maybe. Boomer Sison, in fairness, four. And he was a good guy on a terrible team. Four. Yeah. You're forgetting Mark Sanchez, man. <laughs> hey, he's got more playoff wins than Dak Prescott. Well, he, d- he did beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. Hey, and he ate a hot dog and butt fumbled,
2: but, but which who, is way who, more popular. To look at the New York quarterbacks, who's the second best New York quarterback if we're
0: going to say Joe Namath is the best? okay, uh, He's not, but for the he record. has more picks than touchdowns. For the, for the Jets. For, for the, the record. Jets. I'm, I'll say the old man disclaimer about Namath, and you guys will tell me the truth. Joe Namath historically, because of NFL films and because we're going to win, I guarantee it. in in the late 60s. But everyone says that now. Well, right. He he changed the game in with his savviness, the first like male model type of persona, like changed that was, in the cleat color. Yeah, that was all new stuff, and so he was more of a pioneer. Because yes, yeah, statistically, if you're a young person looking at the game and going Joe Namath, and you see a stat line like these guys did to me a few years ago. It's garbage. We acknowledge that. But who's the second best Jet quarterback? So we're saying Namath (laughs) is number one. I can't say there's- Mike White? I can't (laughs) say that. Honestly, I'm probably saying that it's Joe Namath and Eli Manning going over to the Giants, and then maybe Boomer Esiason. And that's it. I mean, they've had some people like Testa and Chad Pennington, but yeah, there hasn't- Because don't say Phil Simms or or, or Hostetler. (laughs) They were a debacle. I mean, I hate to say Brett Favre was probably- the well, best it, on the jets yeah yeah that that's ryan, a debacle. ryan fitzpatrick there we go yeah ryan Fitzpatrick. a couple more scores to give you guys as we move <laughs> down the chargers uh this was more of a game than i i thought it would be uh but herbert took care of the cardinals 25 24 uh helping the uh chargers of course stay in the race for the playoffs uh we moved down to a game that again you said it already uh the kc played down to the rams uh 26 10 they got the win San Francisco playing down to New Orleans. They got the 13-0 win. A game, and again, this is, guys, listen, I can't say this enough. I scratch my head about the Eagles because I just want to figure out who they are. I get an idea who their identity is, but they let the Green Bay Packers, who are a terrible one-dimensional team, stay in this game all the way through and even let Jordan Love come in and continue to stay in the game. Uh, they win 40-33, to 33, but I don't know what this says for either team. What's your takeaway from a game like this?
1: And the Eagles did have a lot of injuries this game. They lost Gardner-Johnson, best Still safety. put up 40, though. They did. It was mostly Jalen Hurts running all over the Packers' defense, which everyone's been doing that this year. Not quarterbacks, but just running in general. The Pack, it's Aaron Rodgers. He put up a ton of points before he left with that oblique injury. Jordan Love came in and threw a dart to Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. I believe it was, it was like a 60-yard touchdown or something crazy. The Packers, unfortunately for Packers fans, they're a bottom team, bottom 10 team mm-hmm. in the league right now. Aaron Rodgers, they
0: could sit him. if He th- plans on playing Sunday if as long as they're still mathematically in contention.
1: Yeah, just, they probably won't be. Man. All right,
0: well, let's so, flip it around. I think
1: the Eagles are not as good as we think they are. We all agree, but I'm saying well, as, here's as good the as thing. people think.
0: Like, and Josh, I'll point this back at you. I, you know, yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan. It doesn't matter. I'm a football fan. And I love, I was defending Hurts being their starter. I love them. Uh, I like everything they're doing. You know, I like their team in terms of uh, offensive firepower. I just don't know how to gauge them. And and I, I, I agree with you, Caleb. I don't, yeah, I know the record speaks for, I've already heard all this, but I'm trying to get a realistic view of, like, who this team really is. And I can't do that against a team like, or almost any team they've played, to be honest. So what's your takeaway on this team?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, they're just a very consistent team. You know what you're going to get, uh, especially when your running game's that good. I think they're the third best run game in the NFL right now. They were one number one last year, despite, you know, it's just Miles Sanders and Jalen yeah. Hurts and yeah. rotational guys beyond that. But their running game really got going in this game. Uh, they obviously had two interceptions from Aaron Rodgers, which I think the second one wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. I think it was just a young receiver that didn't run the route correctly. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he probably shouldn't have rifled it in there in the second one, but... Um, I think this was just a bad game for the Packers' defense. They got exposed in the running game. You had Gainwell score the first touchdown. Jalen Hurts had 150 rushing yards or whatever. Um, Miles Sanders had 30 fantasy points, 150 yards, two touchdowns. It just, they can't do anything on defense. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's, I don't think he's falling off at all. I think he's just playing with guys that he necessarily doesn't want to play with and uh, rookies across the board. Uh, but when the, when the Packers' offense hit, they hit. I know Aaron Rodgers missed the last quarter of this game, but they put up 27 against Chicago, 27 against New England. They put up 30 in this game, or 33 in this game. They put up 31 against Dallas. Their offense is still capable of going crazy. I just think the personnel and the defense that they have right now just is not good enough to sustain them in games like this. Because I think if their defense was really good, Mm -hmm. like it has been in years past, and they didn't have key players hurt like Gary and Campbell and uh, Jair Mm -hmm. playing down for the most part in this game, I think they they probably could have won this game.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I think that the Packers are going to do kind of what... I know it's different circumstances, but hear me out. Yeah. Do what the Colts did with Peyton Manning. I know Peyton had a serious neck injury and mm-hmm. left, but I think the Packers are going to let this guy go. He's going to go to a Jets or a Giants we can only- or a Lions or someone that's right there right, and just win a Super Bowl right in and out. He hasn't fallen off, like Josh said. Statistically, he's thrown more picks than he ever has because he's usually more safe, and he usually has... Devonte
0: Adams, but yeah, yeah. before that, he doesn't have superior talent. Yes, on he's
1: yet. always had someone there to bail him out. Now he has nobody, so obviously you're going to throw more interceptions. He's still one of the top quarterbacks in the league statistically, not as far as high numbers, but as far as completion percentage yeah. and all that. So I'm just worried that the Packers are going to let this guy go because is he done with his contract this year? Two
0: more years, but they can they move. Can let him. Him go. They can move him whenever they want. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for him to go to the Jets. Um, that
1: that's not even funny to talk about. It's scary.
0: No, but I mean, what a great scenario! Just like Favre, unfortunately. Or the Saints. Yeah, the Jets are so talented. Or the Patriots. Man. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, gosh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, as this is the thing, though, like I, I hate that we we spend a lot of time watching football when it's not on and just trying to evaluate things and all. I like what Philly's doing. I just don't know that I believe in them because to me, they're just exactly like the Lions, but they're on the different side of the wind column. The Lions can play with you, put up a lot of points. They are explosive. They've got a lot going on, and, and they're fun to watch, but they're on the on the L side. And the Eagles are the same way, but they're on the, the W side. Yeah. So there's a very thin line between winning and, and losing. And I think,
2: uh, obviously, the, the thing that separates them is quarterback play. Right now we know the mobility of Jalen Hurts, especially in this game against the Packers, but we know, obviously, his overall mobility and what he can do on the field. I mean, Jared Goff hasn't been a great or top-level passer in this league, and you see what the Lions are doing, but you're you're putting up a top three rusher, I think, at the quarterback position in Jalen Hurts. Um, he was number one last year, but you're looking at a top three guy on the ground, extending plays, extending drives, making big plays in the run game, and that's what puts their running game at the top. That's what puts their offense at the top right now with him, and that's obviously the big key there. So what's that team and the Lions
0: going to look like right. when they get a guy similar to that so this poses the question my generation dealt with the running quarterback right the Randall Cunningham generation into the Michael Vick generation into this generation so let me ask you by telling you about the Steelers Colts 24-17 Steelers win Kenny's running around getting third and longs getting first downs and we see that Matty Ice is not capable of that looking his age when it comes to being mobile so the Steelers win 24-17 it's the last game we're going to talk about this week but Are we seeing now – one of you said it while we were watching the game, I think. We're in a place now where if you can't be mobile as a quarterback, you are a liability. Is that the generation we're in now? Yes.
1: Yeah, I agree. It it always ebbs and flows. We're going to probably in five years get back to hard-hitting running backs and pocket quarterbacks. Right. We we always go back and forth. I think Kenny Pickett is – Great, like we said, when he got drafted, he was okay, but he went to the best situation right. with the best coach and everything. So he's With a playing. team who
0: shares a, a practice facility, who've been watching this kid for years. Yeah, so they
1: see something in him that we obviously couldn't because he was a 24-year-old super senior. he's doing senior. fine. Yeah, he's, doing, he's fine. doing great. We said that he's probably be Ryan Tanhill type player. He's more mobile than he was. I know he was mobile in college. He hit him with the sauce, RG3, yeah. with the commentator. <laughs> yeah. He's a good player. I just think that he's surprising a lot more people. Yeah. I was surprised the first few games I saw of him how good he is, mm-hmm. as young as he is. So I just think that they got a good one here. And then as far as this game goes, the Colts, they have an interim head coach. I think that the Magic kind of wore off after the first week they got a win in there. Yeah. The Steelers were running all over these guys. I know Najee Harris left with the injury, but Benny Snell... Came in and got Mm -hmm. 60 yards and touchdowns. Anthony
2: McFarlane was running well. They were running
1: great. They're just running good offense. George Pickens, it would have been even more of a win. George Pickens, Kenny Pickett missed some wide open in the end zone, left side of the.
0: And there were a couple drops right on receivers' hands in fairness, too, one of them for a score. So, yeah, they're they're not fully developed yet, but as those two get in the pocket, George Pickens is going to be be a nightmare
1: for people. Yeah, I agree. He's too good.
0: Yeah, and
2: I think the biggest thing for Kenny Pickett, he is playing well, and I think the biggest thing for him and why people. The difference between him and Zach Wilson, because the stat lines in terms of yards aren't much different, is mistake-free football. You don't see Kenny Pickett throwing dumb passes. You don't see him throwing interceptions that often. Obviously, his first game, they got put in. He forced it a couple times, and I think he had two or three turnovers, and people were joking about Kenny Pickett with all of his interceptions. But he's really been a mistake-free guy the last couple of games, and uh, I think that's the reason why their offense can continuously get going because their defense is good. I know the secondary has been pretty poor, but they were were able to pressure Matt Ryan. We talked about no mobility. Uh, He's not mobile at all. I know he had a 40-yard run, whatever, a couple weeks ago, but he's literally the most immobile quarterback in the league, in my opinion, even less immobile than Tom Brady. We saw him getting rushing first downs in this game this week, Tom Brady, that is. But, uh, yeah, I think... As you start off by talking about immobility at the quarterback position, we saw a very talented passer in Carson Strong go into the draft. He went undrafted because of his knee injury and his very much so Matt Ryan-like immobility. So I think that's definitely how the NFL is moving. And for this game, the Steelers just had less mistakes than the uh, than the Colts.
0: Yeah, as I kind of glanced down, like it, it was always the the adage that if you were an effective pocket quarterback, you didn't need to run because you can get rid yeah. of the ball in three seconds and. It's payday. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a little different this week. We're gonna shake it up a little free for all. We're not gonna give you any stats. Uh, we're not gonna give you any educated guesses. We're just gonna talk about uh, where we're going because we're getting in the thick of the season now, and we want to give you important stuff. So, as we break down the divisions again, Eagles at ten and one are leading the way. Cowboys at eight and three. Giants at seven and four. And your Commanders are seven and five. Actually, if the play if it playoff started today, your Eagles, Vikings, Buccaneers, and Forty Nine ers would obviously all be in. Uh, your Eagles would get the bye week, and your Buccaneers at under five hundred would make it. Now, looking at the numbers, all of the NFC East would make up the rest of the, of this field. If you look over at the other side, uh, the Ravens are tied with the Bengals, but the Ravens are top in their division. Titans, Chiefs, uh, Dolphins, who are also tied with the Bills. So I believe in this division, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, uh, your Dolphins um, would Secure. still go in with the Bills. So the two of those would go in. Chiefs would get the bye. And I'm not sure – I know that – uh so would, here's be, your four. It would be – Bengals, tech, uh, Titans, Ravens, Dolphins, all in. Chiefs get the bye. But it looks like it would be the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chargers. No, the Jets. Jets, yep. Bills need to be careful Is if the Jets tie them, <laughs> yeah. Jets are going in over them. And they got to start looking in the West because if if uh, the Chargers are able to keep going, they could also go in. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's a lot of room for, for error here, but the East is crazy this year. Yeah, and there's not really like – Traditionally, with your bye week, there
2: used to be two of them, but there's one. Now there isn't like any benefit to winning your division, per se, in this division because you're going to go to the wild card game. We play against the Bengals, the Bills, or the Jets if you're a division leader.
0: Yeah, and and for the first time maybe in my lifetime, guys, look at the East and the West. All teams above 500. Yeah. All of them, and that's crazy because uh, if you look at the North, for example, NFC North, you got a nine to two team with a four and seven, four and eight, and three and nine team. Uh, again, the entire South Division is under five hundred. Uh, and Did you mean the NFC and AFC East? The NFC yeah. East, yeah. AFC East are both above five hundred. I mean, into the season, obviously, yeah. That's that doesn't happen all the time. You know, it's a little tighter than that. So we're in for a big one, guys. There's a lot that's going to to change. We're still going to look at our uh, locks and and we're going to give you our upsets and our picks this week as we always would do. So, Caleb, as I ask you each week, what is your absolute lock of the week?
1: I'm going to change it. Let oh. me know if I this is one of you Um Pittsburgh over Atlanta. Pittsburgh over Atlanta. Yep, I believe it's an upset as well, but I'm locking them in. Pittsburgh, with or without Najee Harris, is going to rip apart Atlanta. I think that the receivers are way too good. Kenny Pickett is going to have more time than he has past games because Atlanta's defense is not as good. Mm-hmm. I know they're good but they're not as good as the teams they've been playing. <laughs> right. And Atlanta's been letting everyone score on them. Everyone's <laughs> been putting 25 on Atlanta, it feels yeah. like. Pittsburgh, they're going to get hot here. I don't think they're a playoff team yet. They're too young, too inexperienced, but I think they get this win. For me, I'm going to be picking the Baltimore
2: Ravens over the Denver Broncos. For whatever reason, I do feel like the Broncos could beat or could beat the Ravens for whatever reason. But they just uh, lost just, to Jacksonville. Yeah, just, lo- just looking at the numbers, uh, the Ravens absolutely – this should be the biggest lock of the week in terms of numbers. Uh, they scored 13 against the Panthers. We know that they scored. That's their lowest on offense. That is essentially what the Broncos are averaging per year, or per game this season. Uh, they they put up big points every single game beyond two games, and those averages are still higher than the Broncos' average for the whole year. So they're just a better team, despite not having the weapons, right. per se, in the passing game. But Mark Andrews is healthy. Their offense played down without him, but he is back. Their offense puts up 20-plus with him so far this season. So... Yeah, I just don't know if there's a bigger lock this week in terms of how the season has played out so far.
0: I'm going to get on the bandwagon with Cleveland. There's seven and a half to beat Houston. Uh, that would be ordinarily a win, but Deshaun's coming back. Revenge. I, th- I think he's going to be a revenge game. Um, there's a lot of games, guys, that uh, if you're looking at your schedule, that we need to uh, – it's going to be hard because take the Jets uh, visiting Minnesota, who's favored by three and a half. Uh, Jacksonville, technically Detroit is favored in that game. There's a couple of these that are not going to go the way we think. That said, I'm going to give you an upset. San Francisco 49ers are at home with a three-and-a-half point uh, over the Dolphins. I'm going with the Dolphins to win and cover the points.
1: I'm not doing my educated guess, but for y'all people, Jordan Mason has only been active. He's on 49ers. Mm-hmm. Running back, we know Mitchell's on IR now. Right. McCaffrey's banged up with his knee. <laughs> of course. He's probably not going to miss time, but he could be limited in games. Sure. Um Jordan Mason, their Mm -hmm. rookie running back, has only been active to play on special teams. He's only gotten like two or three carries this year. Look for Tyrion Davis-Price. Shanahan loves him. You SEC guys know he's from LSU. He's a rookie as well. He's probably going to get a lot of work as their second running back.
2: Yeah, and that's why Mason has been active for special teams, and he got thrown in because obviously they wouldn't expect two running back injuries. But TDP did start more when he was just playing with Mason.
1: I could be wrong, but I know... That Jordan Mason, Shannon hasn't started him. So right, right. I don't know. I just feel like TDP. He's a way better option.
0: I and, know. I'm not as high on the 49ers as you guys are, but I just think that Miami's on a roll. The AFC is clearly a superior conference. I think they're going to they're going to win. Oh yeah.
2: And I think I think that's a good pick. I think the Dolphins' offense is way superior, way more explosive right now with the situation on the 49ers, especially with two running back injuries now too. Yeah. All right. Who wants
1: to give me their upset? I am upsetting. I'm picking Tennessee over Philadelphia. We saw the formula for Philadelphia to lose. They lost. Who they lose to? It was a bad team. I forget.
2: Who's that? Philadelphia? Tennessee. Washington. They lost oh, Washington, to Washington yeah.
1: because they ran 40 times on them. We saw <laughs> them almost lose in a one-possession game to the Texans because Damian Pierce had over 150 rushing yards. A 120 rushing yards. Yeah. That is the formula. They're playing the king, Derrick Henry. That's the formula. He's going to have 40 carries. Tennessee's going to win.
2: Wow. Okay. For me, I'm picking the Washington... Or not the Washington Commanders, the Giants over the Washington Commanders. Uh, they are playing at home at MetLife. Um, Taylor Heineke, to me, he's he's managed the games very well. They've managed the time very well. Their time of possession is first in the league, as in they've absorbed the most time on offense out of anyone in the league. They've absorbed almost an hour more than the Giants for the entire season. Uh, I don't know what that is per game, but sure, someone can look that up or do the math themselves. But the Commanders... It, to me, they they barely Five win games. Per game. Yeah, they barely win games with uh, how this offense is playing. A lot of turnovers have gone their way to help them win games. They they won this game with a turnover at the end from Marcus Mariota, and the Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons still had two or three chances to win this game because of how not productive their offense is. I think right. the Giants team is a much more explosive offense. Um, yeah, I just I don't think that I'm not confident in saying that Taylor Heineke can beat the or stop what the Giants have. Uh, with their explosiveness and being sure. able to maintain that. They're really going to need a bad game from Daniel Jones, and uh, the, that's the one thing Brian Dable's really worked on this year is Daniel Jones not having big turnover games, not big games where he basically gives them the ball. He's basically managed just as good as Taylor Heineke the right. last few games, and um, I think it's a good spot for the Giants to bounce back in this division.
0: I mean, that, that's another team. The Commanders, um, obviously we live in commander country apparently, and I talked to a lot of, of their fans. I their fan base is mostly broken and hurt and just doesn't want to deal with this team right now. But I don't know who they are. I realize that Taylor Heineke is playing absolutely to the top of his ceiling and, and he needs to be challenged and hurt and down for him to make plays. And you know, they've gotten their fair share of big plays, but not sure what their identity fully is or what their ceiling will be with him as their quarterback. Yeah,
2: and just to recap all that stuff that I was saying, basically I think that the Giants can compete very well with good teams. Mm-hmm. I know they put up 20 against Dallas, only a one-score game. They put up 27 against Green Bay, 24 against Baltimore. They beat both of those teams. They beat the Tennessee Titans week one. They've beaten playoff teams, teams caliber yeah. teams, mm-hmm. aside from the Packers. But at that current time, they were still playing up. I just think the Giants, are they could beat this team more than
0: they see the Commanders yeah. going and beating four teams in a row against this team. Love it. We're going to jump right into buy or sell. Here's why I want to keep doing this. One, these are statements that come straight out of the headlines. This is stuff that you can read that people are talking about, so I like to get our guys' take on it. So let's start with our first statement. Uh, After this Sunday, Mike White is the future quarterback in New York for the Jets. Buying or selling?
1: I'm going to buy it. Okay. You're buying because. Look at him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look at the team how they play the, the locker room reaction they yeah. they chant Mike White in front of Zach Wilson they don't care about this guy <laughs> Mike White is their guy Whew, that's tough they all love him yeah. the team reacts to him he has the swagger however you want to say it that you a starter quarterback has the team loves him they rally behind him they all have handshakes like that's a big part I feel like thing, yeah. yeah he's he's just a good the quarterback club. he's had over twelve hundred I think it's twelve hundred this is off the top of my head so don't quote me oh, twelve hundred and fifty eight yards in four games. 8 touchdowns, 8 picks. Four of those picks were last year mm-hmm. when he was hurt against New England. Right. So, and it's also New England. But 12 58, 8 touchdowns in 4 games is pretty good. Yeah. It all we've needed all this Jets team has needed the past month was a breathing quarterback because they're one possession games against good teams. They beat the Bills with with not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They, their defense is top 5 in my mm-hmm. opinion. They've been they're just a great team overall. All they needed was a quarterback. This guy gives them the juice that they need. It's working. Keep him in there.
2: Yeah, buying or selling, Josh? Future? Um, I don't. I don't know beyond this year, but I think he's certainly the guy this year. Uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, basically every your top two receivers and beyond that, other players on the team have also. Con- just keep throwing Zach Wilson under the bus. They don't like how he plays. They don't like that they don't get the ball and that the wide receivers aren't featured in the middle of the field. And uh, we know that how bad Zach Wilson has mm-hmm. played. But I want to break up a couple stats between yep. Mike White and Zach Wilson. Uh, we know basically the largest QB bust in NFL history, the most hyped up guys, you know, Ryan Leaf, Ryan Leaf yeah. Jamarcus Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a look at Jamarcus Russell's career versus Zach Wilson's. Oh boy. I know he's not the same type yep, of no. level bust as that guy, but essentially, Jamarcus Russell played better than Zach Wilson in their first 20 games, he actually had a positive touchdown to interception ratio, Zach Wilson does not, he actually has three more picks than touchdowns, and uh, he actually, I think they have the same win record right now, Uh, not right now, because I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to be playing anymore, but first 20 games, he's very comparable to Jamarcus Russell, and he's actually worse, Um, when you look at the offense, the Jets offense, with Zach Wilson, they're thirty-one in yards, thirty-first in the NFL in yards. Right. They're second worst. Uh, without Zach Wilson, that's Josh Johnson, Mike White, Joe Flacco. Number one yards per game in the NFL, <laughs> three hundred and twenty <laughs> per game. That's the last two game or the last two seasons. Yeah, um, yeah
1: Flacco is still, I believe, fifth or sixth in average quarterback yards per game. He played three games.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. And I think just looking at one more Mike White stat. Um, the last two quarterbacks with multiple games of three hundred passing yards and three touchdowns in their first four starts. Pat Mahomes, Mike White. Not making the comparison, (laughs) but you see why they would want Mike White over Zach Wilson. He's doing historic things. And the only quarterbacks in NFL history with multiple games of 300 yards, three passing touchdowns in their first four starts, Kurt Warner and Mike White. Mm. So, I mean, we're talking about similar, not similar, because I'm not calling him Kurt Warner. Yeah, we're not comparing. But a guy that come off the street and do the type of stuff that Kurt Warner did is Mike White. And um, as you said, he he has more... 300-yard games in his first four games than Zach Wilson
0: has his entire career. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what's taking so long. Like I said, we've screamed from the rooftops on this guy. All right, next statement. Based on ripped from the headlines, OBJ will sign with the Dallas Cowboys this season. Buying or selling? I'm going to try not to be a homer, but I think it
1: makes the most sense. They're a better team. The Bills don't look like a team that has enough room for him. They already have Stephon Diggs. They have Gabe Davis. Josh Allen doesn't Mm -hmm. really throw much. Outside of that, he runs a lot. Yeah. The Cowboys, the only problem is cap space. I'm sure they're willing to restructure Ezekiel Elliott's yeah, that's contract. Yeah, already on the table. They only have CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. They have Noah Brown, who isn't great. He's yeah, yeah. a good player. He's not a great player. James Washington, who they got in the offseason, is still on IR. He right. hasn't practiced yet. So there's room on the roster for him to get targets, and there's room financially, potentially, for them to get him. And also the Giants, they're on a downtrend. He said he wants to go to a team that's a contender. And the Cowboys look like the best team of the three that he's interested in.
0: So far, he's said that now that this weekend's over, that he'll meet with the Bills, the Giants, the Cowboys. He's already spoken to the Cowboys, according to Jerry. And obviously the Cowboys are tweeting him and texting him and everything else. But go ahead, Josh. You buy yourself.
2: I'm going to buy. I think that's kind of been... The feel of where he's going to be going is Dallas the last couple of games. You saw him tweeting about the Dallas Cowboys. He didn't say the Dallas Cowboys, but he was tweeting at the exact moment that the Dallas Cowboys were blowing out the Minnesota Vikings. All Cowboys players responded to him. We know he's friends uh, with Micah Parsons, with Dak, with Zeke, with all the guys on the team. Um, Jerry Jones, notably this week, answered five questions in one sitting about Odell Beckham. Uh, Adam Schefter, He has team links, obviously. Uh, The links that he has to Odell believes that he'll also be a Dallas Cowboy. A lot of it makes sense right now. I don't think he's going to be returning to the Giants. I know that was kind of speculation, but the Giants are not the same type of team as the Dallas Cowboys, and we know the Bills have a lot more weapons, I would say, in the receiving game than the Dallas Cowboys right now, and I think there's a big hole on the offense that he could fit in with the situation that they're in, so I think it makes a lot of sense.
1: He's definitely
0: not going back to the Rams. No. (laughs) No. No, and and I think with Dallas the difference is you know they don't usually sign one year players they usually sign them for two or three or something like that. I think he signs a multi year deal. Yeah, and I, I think there's room because I think he is the type of guy obviously playing on the team he just left with other talent he would rather win and share the ball than than hog the ball in New York and lose.
2: Yeah, and we know millions just walked out the door in terms mm-hmm. of Amari Cooper. Right. So I think they're gonna make room. For OBJ, I think, um, and especially with you see how the receiving core is. Caleb listed all the names: James White, Fahoko. Uh, there's another rookie in the door. There's James Michael Galton. Gall- yeah, White. Yeah, sorry. I'm talking about Mike White, James yeah, Washington. Yeah, James Washington. Uh, there's a lot of There's a lot of room for there for them. Obviously, if they the biggest thing is just kicking down Zeke's contract a little bit and uh, making room there.
0: What people don't understand, I see it on on Cowboys Nation posts all the time, is keeping Cooper and his salary and the way it worked. It was a liability. And freeing that money up to put into another player makes more sense because you can do more with the money. Yeah, and I, th- bang for the I think button. OBJ signing eases the pain a lot more yeah. on that trade that they had. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's move on. As I said, uh, Deshaun Watson has been in the facility. Uh, as of Monday, he's clear, so he will be in this game. Here is the statement. Watson will return just in time to save Cleveland's season. Buying or selling? I'll buy it. I think that they're already... In the hunt, they're 4-7. and seven.
1: Not a great record, but like we said before, with a backup quarterback, they were in every single game. Mm-hmm. Their division is not tough. The Ravens decide to lose to bad teams. The Bengals are on a hot streak. <clears throat> Doesn't look like it's going to continue, in my opinion. I just think the Browns are going to get hot. They just beat the Bucks. Nick Chubb's there. <laughs> they're going to have a better quarterback in Deshaun Watson. There's going to be some growing pains this next game, but they're playing the Houston Texans, which, come on. Let's just be... <laughs> <laughs> be a realistic team yeah. Watson is going to beat the Texans okay he might play a little terrible because he hasn't played in a year and a half on a football field so I think that they will be a positive they will have a positive record by the end of the season I don't know about the playoffs but I, I would like to say that they wouldn't make a wild card spot but I'm not going to bank on it but they do he does save their season they're going to have a positive season yeah, for me,
2: I I don't think that they can be saved to go to the playoffs. I don't think their record is good enough. Their team, I think, is good enough. I think their team, if they were, if Jacoby Brissett finished out a few more games, I think he lost them two or three games. He did very well, but two or three games he could have won. If their record was in that situation, I think he very much so could. But I think you could see Deshaun Watson come in and win five games and their record be nine or ten wins you look at as he said start off with the Houston Texans the schedulers knew what they were doing with the suspension obviously coming back against his former team but the Houston Texans then he has two divisional games Cincy and Baltimore that's up in the air with how this team has played they did beat Cincinnati with Jacoby Brissett just three weeks ago I believe Uh, but then they finished off the season with New Orleans Washington and Pittsburgh three not so great teams I think Washington, obviously, they might be in playoff contention, but their team is not to the caliber, in my opinion, of the Cleveland Browns. But you get New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, all situations in which they can win. And if they once again repeat against a slipping uh, Baltimore Ravens and a team they already beat in the Cincinnati Bengals, there's a a real possibility they finish the season with nine wins just at the edge of the playoff contention. But I think... With the situation right now, the Jets have seven wins, the Bills have eight wins, the Bengals have seven wins Some as well. Bump them. There's not really, unless one of those teams just completely falls off, there's a big injury or something that holds right. them down, it just looks unlikely. But I think Deshaun Watson, very much so, could put them right on the edge of playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think you say they beat the Texans, they're up to five. They beat the Saints, six. They beat Commanders, seven. Arguably, Steelers, let's just give it to them, that's eight. But then they have those two divisional games, other than the Steelers, where they have beaten the Bengals already this year. But in division, you never know. You, sometimes they split. So, yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. He is not going to likely make the playoffs, but I think they'll finish closer to 500 when he comes back. So, All right, next statement. Josh Jacobs has earned his big payday in Las Vegas. You buying or selling? I'm selling. I think he's a great player. He just earned his payday for another team.
1: I think Las Vegas is going to be rebuilding. I they like Derek Carr, Derek Carr likes them. I don't know how this is going to work out. They they lose too many games that they should be winning. I know it's their coach in my opinion it's their coach, but mm-hmm. Derek Carr, it's the NFL, anything can happen. I think a running back is the least of a team's worries when they're not winning. I know they just beat Seattle and dropped 40 on them, but this is an anomaly game. Josh Jacobs had a top 10 running back game all time. He had 40 touches. Three hundred yards. It's never, never gonna happen again. <laughs> it's not. It's an anomaly. Okay. I, I don't think he's earned a payday in Vegas. I think they're gonna move on from him already. They could tag him again <laughs> next year, but I don't think he gets a long term deal with yeah. Vegas. Josh buying or selling?
2: I think he's certainly earned his payday, but I don't think he's gonna be earning it with the Vegas uh, Raiders, as Caleb said. Uh, I mean, they declined his fifth-year option. I know traditionally when you do that, you get your best season out of the player. We saw it with, I think the Cowboys are trying to do it with Leighton Vander Esch. We've seen it in years past all the time. They decline them and they have their best season. And I think uh, with Devontae Adams stepping in, you really see, the uptick in Josh Jacobs, obviously, his efficiency and his big plays and everything like that. Uh, but they got Derek Carr. They got Devontae Adams. They got the pairing. They paid up for it, I believe, two firsts to get Devontae Adams. That's going to be sticking, and that's going to be their main priority. I know they already paid Adams, but they have to repay Derek Carr, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot of dead money. They don't have a great offensive line at all. And uh, they have a guy in Zamir White that I think is – Fairly comparable. Maybe, obviously, Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing right now. I think it's hard to compare the guy at the league's best versus a rookie, right, essentially. Right. But it, it doesn't always work. You always have guys at the top that aren't worth paying at the end. I believe Derrick Henry, when he led the league in rushing two years ago, they were going to pay him like an absurd amount of money. And he, yes, he's very much so good but it wouldn't have worked out for their situation at quarterback. With Ryan Tannehill's extension, it wouldn't have worked out for their wide receiver position, and you saw A.J. Brown left because of that situation. So they have a bad team other than Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs. I think, sadly, with the running back position, you have to let him go, Mm -hmm. and I think someone else will enjoy Josh Jacobs, but I think they're not going to be hurting a lot in the run game without him, I know, with this season. But the last three or four years, it's not been a huge game changer for them versus... Another guy. And also Damian Harris, other free agents that have been tied to the Patriots and
0: this coaching staff are available for them for free. So That you like very much. Yes. Very good, very good. Well, guys, take a look at the schedule for the upcoming Week 13. Lots and lots of good matchups. The season is just getting better and better as we go on. Uh, thinking of fantasy, a lot of our teams are wrapping up now. So we got playoffs coming up in fantasy. So we're going to d- jump off that train a little bit, but not yet. Give me some, as you look at the schedule, some guys that you think could do good or bad. I'm going to have a sit right here. Mm -hmm. I
1: think don't fall for the trap. I think it's 100% a trap. Mm -hmm. Zonovan Knight, the Jets running back, filled in for Michael Carter. Michael Carter had an ankle injury. He came in, had 100 yards of scrimmage. His first game ever. Don't take the bait. Ty Johnson's been there for three or four years now. He's probably going to get bulk of the carries in this game. It could be a close game. that They could be getting blown out. I don't think they're going to be blowing out the Vikings here. Zonovan Knight is a rookie. I think he had a great game last week, but I do not think he does that again. I wouldn't take the bait on that. And they also have James Robinson, who is a healthy scratch. We don't know how that situation is going to shake out now. It's going to be a full-on committee. I would avoid it. Yeah, for me, I, I think this Jags-Lions
2: game is going to produce a lot of points. I think mm-hmm. seeing what Trevor Lawrence did last week in his, uh, you could say, emergence. He's been very good yeah, all season, yeah. but he finally saw the upside there. Uh, I think you can start... Every, I think you start Zay Jones, you can start Christian Kirk, and I think you finally see DeAndre Swift emerge once again in mm. this game. He's kind of been held back because of how well Jamal Williams has been playing, but Jamal Williams didn't play well against the Buffalo Bills. I know they're a good defense, but I think uh, DeAndre Swift's efficiency and how good he's been in the red zone, despite it being, he's, he was basically one yard short in several games. He's just highly efficient, and they really need to get him going because he is fully healthy now, and I think you'll see it against the Jags. Anybody else that you would say is going to be hot or cold,
1: I have, start or sit? If you're playing a league that has is PPR or mm-hmm. has two flexes or it's very deep, 14-man right. like league, 12-man league, I would say you could feel good, or not good, but okay, you could start him. Kyron Williams running back for the Rams. He played over 70% of the snaps on the team last last week. He is not a committee, but he led the Rams in carries, snaps, however you want to word that. He played majority of the game. He had 68 yards, I believe, mm-hmm. 70 yards, something like that. From scrimmage, he is their running back. They're playing with Bryce Perkins the rest of the year. Backup quarterback, Matt Stafford, is out. Probably not going to play again this year with a neck injury. So looks like a tanking team, hurt team, however you want to word it. They're playing Seattle, who just let Josh Jacobs run 5 billion yards against (laughs) him. Kyron Williams is not Josh Jacobs yet. He's a rookie. He's a young player. But Mm -hmm. a rebuilding this year, whatever, however you want to word it, Rams team against a good team that's bad against the run, running back's going
0: to get a lot of looks. What are some games? Do uh, you have any more, Josh, where I ask you this question? A couple more starts. Or sits, either one.
2: Um, uh, I think I have a couple more starts. I mean, you look at the Bears running game, it was basically just David Montgomery. Uh, Darrington Evans coming back off of injury. Essentially took the role from Tristan Ebner, which was kind of a loose role beyond Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert's out. Uh, David Montgomery's the main guy. He's mm-hmm. going to get everything. There's a chance that Justin Fields doesn't play well. And you just saw what was it, four or five rushing touchdowns against this Packers team. You saw 150 rushing yards from the quarterback, 150 rushing yards from the number one running back and Miles Sanders. Uh, he's he's the number one guy in this offense. Darnell Mooney's out. There's no real passing options on this team. Mm-hmm. They know they're going to run, but he's going to be getting all the carries, all the touches. So I think you have to start him regardless of the situation or the defense going forward. And this is just happens to be a very easy matchup. And I think one more, as you said, um, you know to start this guy, but this is... A great matchup for George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, a top three, or I think they're the worst red zone offense right now. Uh, they let allow, or they allow a lot of points in the red zone, obviously. And I think without the running back position being so easily available to the 49ers right now, I think they're going to rely a lot on the big target and George Kittle in the red zone. And uh, they happen to get there a lot, so I think they'll be targeting him a ton against this Dolphins team. And I think he's always done traditionally very well against this Dolphins secondary.
0: Yeah, as we look down the list, there's a there's a bunch of games. I think like we already know that, that Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers if he plays, he owns, you know, yeah. he's their daddy, whatever you want to say mm-hmm. for Chicago. There's some games I think we can agree are should be easy wins, and and that I'm thinking Seahawks should win against a, a you know backup quarterback in L.A. Uh, Kansas City is that a they should win against the Bengals or is this are the Bengals really? I still can't see them as a playoff, you know. They're not the real deal to me, so I look at that like KC will win. To to me,
2: Kansas City's the best team in the NFL, I think. Looking at their situation, they didn't have... I know the weapons aren't insanely good, but they didn't have Tony. They didn't have... They had Juju just coming off of his uh, recent head injury. They've had other guys out. And uh, they're really trying to figure out their run game right now. They did just add Melvin Gordon, which I think to me is a big addition in this in this offense right now because they did finally activate Rojo, which they never really right. wanted to. Right. But you see the desperate uh, situation there. And Melvin Gordon's always been a very explosive runner. So I think that just adds even more so. Um, I, I, I think they're a better team than the Bengals. And I, I don't think that Jamar Chase is really going to go crazy or add a ton in his first game off right. of his leg injury.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. The Chiefs aren't. The Chiefs are the best team in the league. The Bengals are the same team as they were last year, in my opinion. They're very streaky. Last year we saw them lose to the Jets. This year they're kind of in a slump the first three weeks. They've been hot the last month with Joe Burrow I believe two weeks before their bye having 50 fantasy points. I believe he had four or five touchdowns. Unbelievable. But Jamar Chase being out, they're still winning. I think that they're eventually, there's still a lot of weeks left. Five games left? Five weeks left? They're going to get cold again, in my opinion. They're going to be Struggling to get a wild card spot with the Browns getting their quarterback back. So I think the Chiefs are the way better team in this matchup. I think I don't want to say a blowout, but I think the no. Chiefs win.
0: And that's to my point. Like the, the Cowboys should take care of the Colts, the the Ravens should take care of the Broncos, those type of games. There's a lot of games that I don't want to pick. Like I, New England plays are just going to probably play the Bills pretty tough. And Atlanta and Pittsburgh's, uh, you know, tossing the. If coin. the Bills
1: lose to the Patriots here, the Bills. They're they try with the Jets, they're not making the playoffs. They're in
0: trouble. The Vikings, you would think on paper, should beat you know the Jets, but the Jets, we, we just said are hot. No, I mean, the, the worst Kirk Cousins is a pressured Kirk Cousins, and this is a top five uh, defense a right game. now.
2: And I think they're mm-hmm. two rookies, Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens, Michael Clemens being the guy that was drafted uh, much later than Jermaine Johnson, they're both graded as top five edge rushers for the rookie class, and they're both graded as top 20 edge rushers in the NFL right now. Yeah. So they put a ton of pressure on quarterbacks, and you saw it basically every single game they've played there's been a ton of pressure on every single quarter that they played i know they played against uh simeon last week and i know they played against mac jones they the, the patriots offense put up three points yeah i mean yeah. Th- this is just a great defense and i think if there's any game for kirk cousins to lose it's in a game against the top five defense yeah
0: I, they're just as i go down the list these are pickums for me like i said jets vikings jags Lions. you already said that should be a blast titans eagles i don't know how that's gonna go yeah and i think i have one more sit for that game
2: Uh i'm just thinking about it right now uh trailing burks i think Mm -hmm. you can sit him in this game i know he's been hot the last two games um mostly because of big plays and then derrick henry fumbling on the goal line after a big run but um He's going up against James Bradbury. He's going up against Darius Slay. Bradbury is a top-five coverage corner right now. Darius Slay, you've seen games this season where he's shut down guys completely, uh, even against Justin Jefferson in prime time. So I think as well as the, all the defensive pressure that they have, you saw them forcing Aaron Rodgers to make throws. Um, you see all the turnovers that they had over the year, even with backup safeties. I just think there's a lot of pressure on Tannehill this game, and I think uh,
0: despite the last two games that Berks has had, I think you can't really rely on him going into this game. I gotta say this because between the three of us, now you guys would make up most. of We probably play in close to a hundred fantasy leagues per year because you guys have a ton. Yeah, I say this because I see it every week, and I know you guys do too. If you have an Arizona Cardinal or a Carolina Panther player, do not play them in week thirteen. Now's your chance. Open the app, sit a Cardinal or a Panther down because it's it sucks to beat a guy because he forgot that, you know, his quarterback wasn't playing this week and, and you got that advantage. It sucks. So I'm gonna say one last time. Cardinals, Panthers are not playing. Fantasy owners, set them down. That's my disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> I sadly needed Sam Darnold in one league and he's on by, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have that. I mean, who's the biggest disappointment fantasy player you've had on your rosters this year? Who's the guy who's been sticking you more than anybody who's else? The guy? Russell Wilson? Yeah, I'd say Russell Wilson. <laughs> Y'all both have him and well in some leagues. Yeah, well yeah, I mean 12 leagues. Okay. And I haven't I thought, thought you'd two or three way of them. More. So we're probably in 40, 30 40 leagues 30, together. 30, 40 yeah,
2: 30, Yeah, I would wow, also say Russell Wilson. I know in Dynasty, at least, you get a age discount and you get a <laughs> discount on guys that just aren't, you know, young guys. Like Trey Lance yeah. is, was getting drafted well, over I Russell think, Wilson. I speak. Sorry, go sorry. Ahead. I was going to say I have him in most leagues because of the discount that he had. Right. And he's, he's been a top 10 guy every single year. So that was kind of what
1: you were banking on drafting him. Biggest bust this year, everyone already knows if he got him. Cam Akers, third or fourth round pick in the startup or the redraft draft. He's done nothing.
0: He's been in a committee or benched because they don't like him. Historically, you know, Alan Robinson's my guy. Every time I have him, I get screwed. Um, and I, 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 stayed, I, I had him and traded him so many times this year. Uh, right now, uh, Mark Andrews being hurt, that's messed me up a bit. And who's um, been my other? Melvin Gordon. Because oh, yeah. He's a lot on the of, Chiefs now, though. I know, but I don't have him anymore. Yeah. Well, I have him in some, but those guys have been... Oh, Alvin Kamara is just not... Oh, yeah. Joe yeah.
1: Mixon, None, other than the 50-point week he had, I think, has done nothing. Yeah. I think I can speak for everybody
2: and say Kyle Pitts, because <laughs> yeah. everyone drafted him in the second or third round. <laughs> Michael I, in Thomas. Di- yeah. In Dynasty, you had the brave fellows getting him in the first round. That's You could pour one out there. Ooh. It's yeah. he's,
0: he's legit been
2: worse than Jawan Johnson. I know he's injured now.
0: Well, who's your guy from the Redskins that was shot and uh-huh. came back? Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson. Robinson was shot, and the memes are out there where he's like literally been shot and came and has this. Whereas Michael Thomas's toe hurts and he's out yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean, they're brutal. Uh, I'm, I got to admit, guys, I'm not on the San Francisco train, but I'm buying the Tua train. I'm really digging. He's proving me wrong. Three years in, I've been on this train for
1: my whole life. He's man. gonna
0: get his bell rung one more time and retire, and we'll never oh really my, know. No. Don't we, say that. No, I want. I don't want anyone <laughs> to do that. I, don't, I mean, he's he does. Yeah, I, I think sometimes he doesn't have enough zip on the ball for his offense. But man, and he does have a little Brett Favre in him, y'all. He'll throw that crap out there, hoping someone can get under it. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, he's a smart quarterback. Uh, he's a classy guy. I mean, I definitely enjoy watching him. Um, any, anything this week you think will be really surprising or anything stand out about Week Thirteen schedule to you guys? You already said Caleb Jacksonville on the line should be absolutely I mean, it should be forty-two to forty-five or something. <laughs> I, mean, I hope so yeah I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee wins they were my upset
1: um they have the formula right there run the ball control the clock control the clock they lost their safety so you could do a lot of play action there Traylon Burke's finally starting to play football I know Josh said you shouldn't start him I'm the opposite I think you should but it's okay I, I,
2: what I'm not happy about is watching Matt Ryan two weeks in a row on prime time. That's <laughs> yeah. just that's just pain because you see him, he he hike he gets the ball in his hand and he scrambles around or tries to and moves two feet and you see him get ate up by four dudes on the defensive oh, the, line. Uh, uh, he take.
1: never throws it away. Hot take. Mm-hmm. Dallas has six sacks against Matt Ryan. Oh yeah, they bench in the him. first quarter they bench No, they bench him in the third quarter.
0: I, I gotta say, it's painful. You say that, but we're gonna get to watch Maddie Ice in primetime one more time. Yes, and this might be—he might literally not make it. Sam out. Sam Williams'
1: no. breakout game. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I th- the, the
2: Dallas has so many young defenders that yeah. are also happen to be top
1: athletes. <clears throat> I mean, who, who happen to have a great defense? Sam Williams, the opposite of Parsons, Parsons on the line. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's an animal. Yeah, he's I mean, just—he's just fast.
2: Yeah, he was. I think he was the best. Or most athletic edge rusher in this draft class, historically athletic. Same for Michael Parsons, obviously. Uh, they actually they actually look very similar. If you've seen them stand yeah. next to each other, same yeah. build, same, same pace. size, same speed. Um, it's weird. Damon Clark, we know, rookie from LSU. He's 22. He's filling in for Anthony Barr, who's been more injured than they probably thought. He, I think he was re injured. He's very good. I think he, he probably would have been a first round player, linebacker, in consideration with Devin Lloyd if he did not have nerve damage in his back. He's recovered. Surprisingly, they, they didn't think it was going to happen. I think they got him in the fifth round. I think that's an absolute steal. And I think Quinn is he, changes he, his team. He's going to take over Van Der Esch's job, I think. I think he's him and Jabril Cox, they both played at LSU together. Right, I think right. th- all that speed is going to be insane if they all play together and are healthy. I think over the next couple of years, Dallas
0: defense might be best in the league for Dallas a while. Dallas
1: is terrifying. Defensively.
0: Well, I think the challenge for Dallas is not to fall asleep in this game, not to go, oh, that's a win, and, and sleep on them because the they Colts won't. are still a professional football team. They can still win. Michael and John Carson Taylor is, is a out of his
1: mind. Remember he cussed out Mike McCarthy because he benched him in the Hall of Fame game?
0: <laughs> I know. But at the end of the day, I don't want him to sleep. This, to me, this means Dallas needs to roll in this game. Gas to, pedal. To, yeah, 100%. Yeah.
2: And I mean, you see the pressure that the Steelers put on Matt Ryan when throwing the ball. I mean, his first four passes were basically all interceptable, all terrible in that game. And he really didn't do much in the second half beyond force feeding the tallest guy in the field. Uh, and <laughs> Jelani woods It's I don't know how Dallas doesn't win this game. <laughs> if, yeah, I know. If I know. they don't win this game, it's because Jonathan Taylor
0: has 500 yards. it like, yeah, there's know. no other way that they lose this game. I don't know. There's, as always, lots and lots of games worth watching. The 1 o'clock games have been way better than the 4 o'clock games, and, and somehow it's very disproportionate. You get a whole slate of 1 o'clock games, and uh, you get just a handful of 4 o'clock that are pretty much snooze fests or blowouts. Just or so. always the Chargers. Yeah. I know it's because they're West, West Coast, Coast teams, but yeah. it's just pain. Yeah, it gets painful <laughs> watching a Matt stafford You team. Know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. But anyway, Week 13 is on. We'll be here to recap it next week. We'll see you then if you enjoy listening to this podcast please tell a friend and help us spread the word we've set up our online shop at guyswithouthelmets.com where you can get your own guys without helmet gear we also post a weekly video on youtube so please stop by and give us a like and subscribe to our channel finally if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks please follow us on instagram as always thanks for listening we'll see you next time on guys without helmets